But I was thinking about this day and I was thinking about the moment that we live in and about crisis. And I was just thinking about a crisis moment in the scriptures and, and my mind went immediately to Job. Job was in a major crisis. Job was just living life, you know, doing life as he normally did. And then a state of emergency was declared over the life of Job. If you don't know the story, I'm gonna catch you up a little bit. The Bible says that Job was a wealthy man. He had children, had a wife. Life was good. Life was going just like it expected. And whether it is the crisis we're in as a nation or a personal crisis you're in, you know what it's like to just life is moving along at the speed of normal. And all of a sudden a phone call comes all of a sudden the news breaks, all of a sudden you get an email, all of a sudden you find out something you didn't expect and all of a sudden, bam, you're in the middle of a crisis. Sometimes you're in the middle of fighting for your life or fighting for the life of somebody else and, and you didn't expect it. The hour before you didn't expect it. In a moment, everything changes. In a moment, the diagnosis came. In a moment, you got the phone call. In a moment, everything in your life changes and this is what happened for Job because the devil went to God and said, what about your servant Job? And he's got a, he only serves you because you're good to him right now. You're only ser he only serves you because he's prospering right now. And, and so what if you took that guard down? What, what about then? Would he serve you then? And so God said, all right, you can remove the things around him, but you can't hurt him. You can't kill him. And so Job, one by one, began to lose things. One by one, he got the call. All of your cattle are gone. All of your resources are gone. All of your children are gone. The only thing that is left is you and your wife, Job. And I was thinking about this, that, that even Job having his wife was kind of strategic of the devil. I wonder if the, the demons around were, what about his wife? Take him. And the devil's like, no, 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 we're leaving her. Watch what she does. Because she's the one that came to him and said, why don't you curse God and die, Job? So the whole thing was set up to get Job to turn his back on God. And so along 40-some chapters of the Bible and about 35 or so of them is just this account of Job and his friends, people that were negative, people that had nothing positive to say to him, going, you must have sinned, something must be wrong. I just wanna say into your life today that some of the crises that happen in life are because we make bad choices, but many, many, I found the majority of them are because life just happens. And we don't know the answers. I wish I could get up and say I have all the answers, but I would be having a smoke screen for you because sometimes we don't have the answers. We can't see the end from the beginning. The problem with life is that we're stuck in the middle often. And we can't see God's perspective is from the beginning to the end. And we can't see God's perspective, but we have to trust that God can. And so near the end of Job, Job begins to have this conversation with God and God begins to tell him he begins to say back to God, God, but what about this? And what about that? And what about this? And God begins to say things like, a little sarcastic. You gotta read the Bible, it's kind of humorous. He begins to say to Job, Job, uh, were you there when I hung the stars in the sky? Job, I mean, you've lived so long, Job. Surely you know about time. Job, surely you know how the oceans got put into place. Like, and, and Job, surely you know all these kind of things. And Job has this moment of revelation, and this is the revelation I want you to get today to I think will encourage your soul. It's found in Job chapter 42, and it says this, then Job replied to the Lord. So Job is responding back. I know that you can do all things. No purposes of yours can be thwarted. You ask, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand. Joe's like, I should have kept my mouth shut, God, sorry. Like I spoke of some things that I just did not understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. 
And he said this, he says, now my ears have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Job is having this revelation moment that in the middle of this crisis, before then I, I had heard about you, I knew something about you, I'd gone to church, I had, had worshiped some, with some songs, I, I even every so often I maybe have lifted my hands, I, I've done some Bible studies, and I, I've prayed before, and I've done some serve projects, and, and I did go through growth track, and I am in a small group, and my, my ears had heard about you, but the crisis I walked through you, with you, now my eyes have seen you. There are some things that God will allow into our life that he doesn't stop in our life because he wants us to go from hearing to seeing. And it's only I have found in my journey that as I walk through some moments that were discomfort for me and uncomfortable for me and I didn't like and I didn't want to walk through, but in the middle of it, I got on the other side going, I know my God in a way that I never knew my God. And, and here's just what I want to say to you is that you don't have to live with any kind of fear or anxiety about this or, or on the other extreme, some people are living like there's not really an issue. And listen, people are sick and dying. There's an issue. But we come out stronger on the other side. We come out better on the other side because we go from hearing about God to seeing God. And so today in our few moments, I just wanna remind you of some things and then I wanna instruct you in how in light of what we remember, we should respond. We need to remember and we need to respond. We need to remember, we need to respond. If you're a note taker, you need to write this down. We need to remember and we need to respond. If you're at home, you're not taking notes, write this down. You need to remember and you need to respond. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Awesome, awesome. We need to remember. Here's what we're gonna remember. Number one, we're gonna remember that God is greater. I know that may seem elementary, but you need to remember that God is greater. Greater than what? Whatever you're dealing with. Whatever crisis moment you're going through in your life, God is greater. Whatever the situation is in your life, whatever is causing fear in your life, whatever is causing anxiety in your life, whatever is creating sleepless nights in your life, God is greater. God is greater. God is greater than the situation. God is greater than the diagnosis. God is greater than what you think just blew your life up. God is greater than the job loss. God is greater than the fear of income going down. God is greater. Come on, can we get a better? God is greater in the middle of this. And that's what Job was saying in that verse we just read. And there's three things in the verse from Job that I want us to see that God is greater, three areas that remind us that God is greater, and three things that you need, to, you need to really grab onto in this season of your life, no matter what you're walking through, that you really need to hold tight into your life, and, and it's these three things. Number one is this, is God is greater because God is all-powerful. God is all-powerful. There is nothing that is more powerful than God. I, I love this verse in the Bible in Colossians. It says this, for everything, I love it, it's in the message Translation, I love the way it says it, for everything. Somebody shout everything. everything. Come on, every home, every watch party with me again. Let's shout everything. everything. Very good. Absolutely everything. If you missed the first everything, they just wanna make sure you got the second everything. And in the Greek, it means everything. Like everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and he holds all of it together right in this moment. 
God didn't get caught off guard by your crisis. God didn't get surprised by the issue that you're facing. God didn't get like in an emergency meeting. Heaven didn't call the heaven cabinet together and go, did you guys realize what is happening on the earth right now? No, no, no. God is holding it all together right in this moment. God is holding you in this moment. God is holding your situation in this moment. God is holding you in this moment. Come on, you need to get this in your spirit that if fear has crept into your life, you need to shake it out of you in this moment because God is holding it all together right now in this moment. I can have peace in the middle of chaos because my God is holding it all together right now in this moment because he's all powerful. And as believers in Jesus Christ, we don't walk around coward like we don't have a God that is holding it all together in this moment, the song that I grew up on as a kid they would sing is he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got you and me, sister. He's got it in his hands. He's not freaking out. Why do bad things happen? It'll be one of the first questions I ask in heaven. Why does disease attack people? I don't know. Why does divorce happen? I don't get it. Sin, evil in the world. The devil's prowling, looking who he can devour and destroy. I don't get it. Sin is destructive. But I know God's holding it all. I know that my God is working all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I know he's holding it together in this moment. I know that he's all powerful. I was thinking about this. I don't know that I've shared this story. I've shared it when I preached other places at the church. But I was thinking about whenever we were having faith, um, our second born, our 10 year old, now 10, and um, we went to that ultrasound appointment and in that appointment, they told us that um, they needed to do a follow-up high risk because they saw spots on the brain. And I remember that news coming in and how it, it like sucker punched you and, and just takes the wind out of you. And I remember so many nights while Tammy would sleep, I'd put my hand on her stomach and I would just pray and declare healing and speak healing over her life and just praying and believing and believing and believing and praying. And I remember the, the moment that we got the report um, that they couldn't find the spots anymore and that everything was okay. And all those fears I had, will I walk her down the aisle? Will she talk to me? Will she ever say daddy? All those things that rose up as fear in my heart, I had to overcome those by calling out to God over and over and over and believing that God was holding it to y'all together in that moment. And so you, you need to remember in these moments of crisis, no matter what it is in your life, you need to remember that God is all powerful. We serve the all-powerful God. Don't get fooled into believing that the enemy of your soul has more powerful than the God who saved your soul. God is more powerful. Come on, we should have a better amen than that right now. Number two, Job realized in the verse we realized, he said that he's all-knowing. He said, I spoke of things I didn't know about, God. I said some things, I, I, was, I was outside of my pay grade, God, when I began to ask you questions about what you're doing and what your plan is going on. Doesn't mean that God can't handle our rawness. Doesn't can't mean that God can't handle our realness, but Job was going, God, there are some things that are outside the capacity of my mind to understand that you know. You're all knowing, God. I love, love this verse that in Hebrews, it says this, he knows about everyone, everywhere, Everyone, 
everywhere. Here's what I wanna say to you today. Even if you're tuning in, sometimes you just stump, somebody shared this, you stumbled upon it, you're like, I don't even know if I'm about God. God knows about you, everyone, everywhere. God knows about you, everyone, everywhere. Everything about us is bare and wide open to the all-seeing eyes of our living God. Some of you got really nervous. You're like, God knows about that? Yes, God knows it all. And he died anyways, sent Jesus anyways. For nothing can be hidden from him. There's nothing going on in your life that's hidden. It may be hidden from you. There may be things that are hidden from you that you don't understand. But you'll know why you're walking through that. It's not hidden from God. God's all-knowing. God is all-knowing. And I don't know about you, but I want to serve an all-knowing God. If, if I don't want to serve a God that I can understand because then is he really God? I don't wanna serve a God that fits within the parameters of my mental capacity to understand and my intellectual understanding of him. I don't wanna serve a God. I need a God that is outside of me, that is bigger than me, that knows some things that are more than what my mind can handle and what my mind can contain. And so I can remember that God is greater, not only because he's all powerful, but because he is all knowing. He knows, he knows what you're going through. He knows what you're walking through. And I just wanna encourage you in this. The Bible says that the arm of the Lord is not too short to reach into your situation, nor is the ear of God too deaf to hear your cry. That when you call out to God, he hears you, but God knows. God knows the end from the beginning and the hard part is we're in the middle. But God knows. And God is ordering your steps for what is best for you. God has your best interest at heart. God is looking out for you. God has purpose for you and destiny for you. And so what you are walking through right now is moving you towards your destiny because God works the good for good and God works the crisis for good. We could rewrite that verse without doing damage to the text that my God works all things together for good, the good and the crisis, the lovely and the ugly, the beautiful and the bitter, God works it all together for good. God doesn't waste one experience, one situation, one moment, but I made a mess of my life. God does not waste one moment, one situation, but I'm hurting and I'm in pain. God does not waste one situation in your life. He's mixing it all together for the good of those who love him. So God's all powerful, God's all knowing. Number three, God is ever present. Uh, listen to me, God is with you. He's an ever-present God. I, I love this verse in Hebrews. It says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere viruses do to me? What can mere mortals do to me? What can a mere diagnosis do to me? Whatever, what can a broken relationship do to me? What can finances that aren't looking good do to me? The Lord is my helper. The Lord is with me. He's an ever-present help in time of need. God is with you, but I don't feel him. Well, you don't have to feel him to know that he's there because his word says he's there and he's not a man that he should lie. The promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. If God says it, God will do it. And if he says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you, then he'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. God is with you. So, so because God is with me, what do I have? I have confidence. I want you to have the confidence that I have. I want you to have the peace that I experience. 
in the middle of all this chaos and in the middle of, of leading our church through this, I gotta be honest, I haven't freaked out. Because he's with me. What am I gonna be afraid of? So I can stand with confidence, not arrogance, but with confidence. And I want you to stand with confidence. I want there to be a boldness within you that, that goes, no, God's with me. So what? Well, I'll say it with confidence. I'll say it with confidence. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Some of you need to write this down and post it because fear is kind of the, the thing that easily gets you or anxiety is the thing that easily gets you. And you need to walk around and go, the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. The bank isn't my helper. My house isn't my helper. Uh, can I tell you, my family isn't my helper. I love them. My family isn't my helper. Others aren't my helper. We should care for one another, bear one another's burdens. But at the foundational bedrock level of our life, if my feet aren't rooted on the Lord is my helper, I won't be afraid. I'm not gonna walk around in fear. And here's the deal. In a world where there's hysteria and and anxiety and fear, the people of God should be different. The people of God should stand out from among the crowd and go, the Lord is our helper. So we're not freaking out, we're not being ignorant. We're using sound judgment and wisdom about our life and safety and health, but we're not walking in fear either. We're not walking in hysteria. We're not hoarding toilet paper. People need toilet paper, don't hoard it. See it if you're listening. But I'm not walking in fear, I can say with confidence. And, and this is just, isn't one good verse, listen to this. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in time of trouble. God is with you. If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, he's there because he's ever-present. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Do you need some more? Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. Look at what Jeremiah said. Do not be afraid of them, for I am I'm with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Jeremiah 1, they will fight against you, but you will not, they will not overcome you, for I am and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Here we go, let's go into the New Testament. And he's teaching them to obey everything. He says, and surely I am with you. Do, you. do you get the point? I'm with you always. I'm with you in your watch party right now. I'm with you in the coffee shop. I'm with you in the hospital room. I'm with you wherever you may be. God says, I am with you always. I'm not with you when you're performing well, always. I'm not with you when you are consistent in your devotional time, I'm with you always. I'm not just with you when you're serving on the dream team, I'm with you always. I'm not with you just when you're faithful to the house of God, I'm with you always. Listen to this, I'm not with you just when you're faithful to me. God says when you are faithless, I am still full of faith. I am with you always. So God's with you. And so I can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. The Lord's my helper. I understand there are things to be anxious about in life. But what good is one moment of anxiety going to do? Is it going to move you towards health? Is it going to move you towards healing? 
Is it gonna move you towards wholeness? No. It's gonna keep you trapped. So why not try confidence in God? Not confidence in how good you are, confidence in God. I will say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. Not my behavior, not my performance, not how good of a Christian I think I am. The Lord is my helper. My source is not me. My source is God. And when I do that, I can have peace. I can have peace because God is greater. I can have peace because I'm not trusting in him. I'm trusting, I'm not trusting in me. I'm trusting in him. I love this verse in Isaiah. It says, you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. I'm trying to build the case for you today that you can trust in God because the pathway to peace is through trust in God. The pathway to peace is not through insulating yourself. The pathway to peace is not making sure you got enough supplies in case the end of the world happens. I'm just saying be wise. Do what you need to do. That's up to you. But the pathway to peace in your heart is through trust in God and you need to know God is greater so you can trust in an all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God. Come on, give Jesus a great praise right now. So when I remember that God is greater, then I can be set on mission to respond. I can be set on mission to respond. And listen to me, when you're in the middle of crisis, no matter what it is, the greatest thing you can do is to look out for somebody else. And I know it's so counterintuitive. I know it's so counterintuitive when you're in fear to pray for someone else to not be fearful. I know it's so counterintuitive when your body is hurting to pray for someone else's body. But it is the kingdom of God. It's upside down and backwards to everything that is natural to you. And so we remember that God is great. We trust in his greatness. It is the pathway to peace in our life. And so how do we respond? We respond in this way, by serving others. We respond by serving others. Why? Because it gets... In the middle of a crisis, it's so easy to turn inward. It's so easy to make life all about you, all about what you're going through. There's gotta be some moments in it. I'm not saying that you ignore what you're walking, you ignore healing, you ignore caring. I'm just saying there's gotta be some moments where you go, okay, I gotta get my eyes off myself for a few moments. I gotta take an hour to get my eyes off myself. I gotta take 30 minutes. I gotta take a moment. I gotta take a moment to call somebody else and ask them how they're doing. I gotta take a moment to write a note, send a text, offer a meal. I gotta do something that gets me outside of me. And so this is how we respond by serving others. I, I love this verse in 2 Corinthians. It says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. I just love that phrase right there. The God of compassion, the Father of compassion. It's who he is. He's the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our trouble. Somebody shout all. all. And this is why, so that. Here's the purpose of you being comforted is so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort ourselves we received from God. So God doesn't just comfort you, bolster your faith to remember that he's greater so that you can go, man, I feel so much better about myself. I feel so much better about this situation. 
Ah, I got some peace in the middle of this. No, he doesn't just give you that for you. He gives it to you so that you now know how to comfort others who find themselves in the same situation that you're in. This is why your greatest ministry is found in the middle of your greatest misery. Because it's how you comfort others is with the same comfort that God has given you. So if God has given you some peace, give some peace away. And so I wanna give you three ways, I think, three ways that you can respond as we wrap up today. Number one is give some people strength. Give people some strength. Give some people some strength. And here's how I propose to do that, Ephesians 4.29. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Not your needs, their needs. Not your needs, their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Your words can build up or tear down. Your words can either speak life or speak death. And you're gonna be interacting with people and you may be on the phone or texting or, or back at your work environment or, or on the email or whatever. You're gonna be interacting with people and there's gonna be, there's gonna be some voices of, of chaos and voices of hysteria and maybe family in your life that are voices of negativity uh, and not just about what we as a nation are facing, but maybe about what you're facing individually. You need to make sure that you stand out from among the crowd, offer some strength with a voice of faith, voice of reason, voice of hope, voice of sound judgment. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of sound judgment. Sound judgment. Like don't, don't let your words be words that perpetuate fear. Don't be a fear dealer, be a hope dealer. If you're gonna deal anything in this life, deal hope, deal peace, deal faith. No, it's gonna be all right. I wanna deal something to you right now. Listen to me, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. God's got this, God's got you. I'm not just talking about what we're walking through nationally. I'm talking about in your life, God's got you. Right where you're at, God, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay, don't freak out. And I know that's easier said than done, but I just wanna bolster some faith on the inside of you. God's got, I wanna give some strength to you today. I want you to borrow some strength today if you could. God's got you. He's watching over you. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's all-present. He's holding it together right now in this moment. He's got you. All right, he's got you. He's with you. I want you to have some strength today. And all of us, we can do that for people. We can do that for people. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not normally a very, you know, I'm not like, well, we'll change the way you are. <laughs> be different. Here's your season. Here's your time to shine. Here's your moment to be different. Be a life-speaking person. Put away negativity. Don't perpetuate fear. Don't perpetuate. Give some strength to people. It's gonna be okay. God's got this. The church is praying. When my people who are called by my name, I'll hear from heaven. I'll heal their land. God has got you in the middle of this. Number two, offer support. Let's don't just talk about it, let's be about it. Listen to what the word says when we engage with people. It says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. And listen to this, three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. It's good to have one person that's in your corner, but get two in your corner, because the three of you, it's not easily broken. Maybe you're feeling like, well, I don't have anybody around me. Well, you got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You got enough in your corner that are surrounding you and protecting you. 
But be that person for somebody, offer support. I told you earlier that our teams yesterday were packing meals. This is support. This is, this is, this is not letting people stand alone. And we as a church in this moment, we're not gonna let people stand alone. We, we didn't come to this city and, and the communities we're in to build attendance. We came to build the church, making a difference in the lives of people. We're not just a gathering on a weekend. We are a mobilized force that puts heaven on notice and lets hell tremble because of everything that we're gonna do in the earth. And so you be support. I don't know what to do. Well, look around. Do you see a need? Go meet it. Do you see someone hurting? Go encourage them. Let's be the church in this season. Offer, not, offer support to them. And then finally, it's our greatest opportunity to offer them the greatest need, and that's salvation. And the Bible says this. It says, don't let your hearts be troubled. That's a word for you. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. So in this moment, we need to let people know that God's prepared a place for them. That he sent Jesus, his only son, to give his life as a ransom to save us, to give us salvation. And as the church, there's no greater opportunity when people are dealing with fear and dealing with crisis, whatever it may be in their life to let them know there's a God that loves them and that is for them. And I just found this. Some of you may be thinking, well, I don't know if I wanna say that. Is that politically correct? Here's what I found out. No one's ever been offended to let, for me to let them know that God loves them and he's for them. I've always found they've been desperate to know that. I found that they've always thought that they've done too much wrong that God could love them. I found that they always thought they were outside the reach of the grace of God, that they were kind of in a special category that God couldn't care for them. And I'm just telling you in this season, you have an opportunity to go. Just want you to know God loves you and God's for you and God's with you in the middle of this. That he demonstrated his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So he doesn't just talk about it. He was about it. He didn't just say he loved us, he demonstrated his love for us in the person of Jesus. And listen to me, I don't know how many weeks that we'll have to watch online. I, in my heart, I hope we're all back together next week. I miss seeing your face and I love you. But if we have to do this method of church again, church will continue. But if we have to do this method of church again, there are people in your life that may never walk into the doors of one of our campuses, but they may come into your house. This could be the greatest opportunity for the salvation of our cities that we've ever seen in 15 years. And you could host a watch party. You may have a family member that's like, I'll never go to Easter or Christmas or any other church service with you, but I'll come over because you're gonna cook me breakfast you're gonna watch a watch party. I may come over because you called me and said, this is being rebroadcast at 5 p.m. tonight or 11.15 or one o'clock. They may come over to your house and they may eat a meal with you and you may sit down. And I promise you, no matter how long we have to do this, I'll keep doing what I've always done. I'll end every service with an opportunity for people to meet Jesus, make him their Lord and savior. And you could reach more people in these moments than you have your entire life. 
because you're willing to open your home to a watch party. No matter where you are around the world, you don't have to be in Virginia. You could be in Connecticut where I know they're watching today. You could be in Germany where we're going. You could be in Louisville where we're heading. You could be anywhere around the world. You could invite people into your home and I'll guarantee you this, I'm gonna bring hope into your house. I'm gonna offer salvation every day, every time we're together. So this could be your moment to shine. This could be your moment to lead family members, friends into a personal relationship with a loving God. Maybe you're watching today and you're in that situation. You'd say, man, I feel so far from God. I've listened to you talk about an all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present God and I've heard you talk about a God that wants us to care for the needs of others. I haven't heard about that God. I've heard about a condemning, mean, angry, waiting to get me God. I just wanna tell you the God of the Bible is a God that loves you and he demonstrated that love. He showed it, he put it on display when he sent Jesus to die for you. And the reason Jesus came to die for you is because there had to be an atonement is the word. That means a payment for your sin. And Jesus lived the life you and I could never live. Perfect, perfect in thought, perfect in action, perfect in essence. He lived the life you and I could never live and he died the death all of us should have died. And he did it to pay the penalty of your sin. His blood washes away all of your sin, past, present, and future. And he says the way that we receive that forgiveness of sin is that we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. That's the resurrection. And we confess that he is Lord with our mouth. Lord, meaning we're surrendering control of our lives to him. You mean I don't have to like show up or walk down an aisle or be in a certain meeting or go to a certain class? No, no, no. Matter of fact, the apostle Paul addressed that. He said this, he said, it's an act of faith so that you can't boast about it. It's an act of faith so that you don't get the credit. God gets all the credit. He said, matter of fact, you just come with childlike faith. Well, I don't understand it all. Well, I didn't understand it all when I said yes either. Well, I don't have all the answers. Did the dinosaurs live? Did they not live? I didn't know any of that either when I, I'm not sure I still understand it. <laughs> but I understand this, I was far from God with no hope. And the love of God arrested my heart one day like it's doing yours right now. And it forever changed me. It didn't make me perfect, but it did put me in relationship with a loving God. And that's so what I want for you right now. And I'm gonna give you the opportunity to do that. And the way we're gonna do that is just through a simple prayer. There's nothing magic in the prayer, but if you mean it from your heart to God's heart, on the authority of the word of God, you will be saved today. You'll know that your sins are forgiven. You have peace with God. You have a home in heaven. So if that's you today, I want everybody, if they would, to bow their heads and close their eyes with me right now. No matter where you are, no matter where you're watching from, and maybe if you're in a public place and you feel embarrassed to close your eyes, just keep them open. Just keep looking at me. You don't have to close your eyes to talk to God. Just closing your eyes helps eliminate distraction. That's all it does. It's nothing even in the Bible about it. But if that's you and you wanna receive Jesus today, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray this simple prayer with me and, and everybody in the room with me today, we're gonna pray it out loud for the benefit of those who are praying along. And you just pray that between you and God. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. 
I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. And today I declare you as Lord. I surrender control. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your peace. And I receive your love. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, I wanna know about it. I wanna know about it. When you go to our website, you can email us, info at lifepoint.org. I wanna know about your decision. You can reach us through social media, all the social media platforms. I would love to know about your decision today. And so you, would you please let us know? And if you're in a watch party right now, if you're with a group of people, maybe you're with your family, would you be so bold when we finish today to just grab one of them? And, and you need to let somebody know. The Bible says over and over, as soon as people met Jesus, they immediately went to let a brother know, a family member know, a city know. Some of them let a whole community know. You need to let somebody know. Just grab somebody and say, hey, I prayed that prayer with pastor today. Feel peace today. Hey, today I made that decision. However you wanna phrase it, but let somebody know today. Somebody needs to know, and I wanna know. So would you please do me the honor of letting me know through one of our outlets. Hey, what about next week? I don't know. I'll just be real honest with you. Our teams are watching it moment by moment. Um, We're taking um, counsel, not our cues, but we're taking counsel from local agencies. We're taking our cues from heaven but we're taking counsel from local agencies, health officials, and moment by moment, stay connected to all of our social media platforms, stay connected to our website, stay connected to our app. If you don't have that, download that. We're able to push notifications to you. If you have notifications turned off, turn them on, Um, but stay tuned. We're gonna be communicating in that way. Stay connected to our website for how you can serve. Let's go be the church, not just go to church. Let's go be the church in the community. Find ways that you can get your eyes off the situation, off of yourself and onto the needs of others in these moments. And then I also wanna encourage you, if you wanna give today, do that. Your generosity is making all this possible. And um, we're not taking a special offering, just normal tithes and offerings today. Um, We don't need a special offering because of the way we manage and the way you're generous. We were able to respond to needs immediately and quickly. And I will tell you about another need that um, I have the opportunity to pour into a whole lot of pastors and churches around the country that come in. Matter of fact, a couple weeks ago, a group was in and just, we were helping them. Just, we don't know everything, but we tell them everything that they do know. And I just want you to know that I reached out to all of them and just said, if you have a need, a lot of them are smaller. and, And to be real honest, a weekend without giving could really knock them back a lot. And, um, and so we're, go- we're gonna help them in any way that we can. We're gonna help them. If we gotta help them pay rent, if we gotta help cover some light bills and things like that, if we gotta help cover some salaries, I just want you to know that we're not only gonna be caring for our community, we're gonna be caring for the church and helping them. And so just know that every bit of your giving is going to make a difference locally and in a whole lot of other churches so they can not be stressed and they can go make a difference. It's gonna be multiplied over and over and over. You can give through the app, you can give online, you can text the keyword LifePoint in 45777, LifePoint 45777 in your amount and you can set up that, you can set up reoccurring, however you do it, just know your generosity is making a difference in the lives of a whole lot of people. Already your generosity is feeding a whole lot of children in the coming weeks, so you should be really proud of that. We love you. God bless you. Don't walk in fear. God is greater. He's holding it all together right now in this moment. God's greater. And our response is to go serve others. 
So go be the church. We love you and stay in contact. We'll stay in contact with you about what next week looks like. But in between, let's go be the church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Love you. God bless you. If you found today's message helpful, feel free to rate, review, or even share it with a friend. Also want to encourage you to think about partnering with us, you know, together through your giving, we can take this message around the world and make a difference in the lives of so many people. Thanks again for joining us today. If you would like to partner with us, you can do so by clicking the link in the description, visiting lifepoint.org give, or via text messaging on your mobile device. Just text the dollar amount of your gift and keyword LifePoint to 45777. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart.